up to 70% off. That's right, at Court Furniture Clearance Center. Get up to 70% off new retail prices and choose from a wide variety of previously leased furniture and decor for your home or office. Sofas from $199.99, bedroom sets from $399.99, dining sets from $299.99, and more. All items are court certified, guaranteed, and in stock, ready for delivery or to take home today. Make the smart choice and visit one of our five locations in the DMV or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Mention Radio 20 and get 20% off. Welcome to the Monkeys Fighting Robots podcast with Matthew Sardo. Take your sticky paws off me, you damn dirty ass. <laughs> Holy sh! They're actually monkeys fighting robots! You can follow us on Twitter at monkeys underscore robots and on Instagram at monkeys fighting robots. Make sure to download and review our podcast from iTunes and Stitcher. And now, here's your host, Matt. Welcome to the 98th episode of Monkeys Fighting Robots. Today's episode is going to be strange. EJ and I are talking about the latest entry in the MCU, Doctor Strange. I'm your host, Matthew Sardo. I'm also the co-founder of MonkeysFightingRobots.com. Joining me in the banter is my co-host, movie critic EJ Marino. It's soapbox time, because I... We went to Megacon Tampa this past weekend, and I had a good time. It was packed. They had a good audience, a nice crowd, a good size uh, arena for the event. But then, like, I paid 20 bucks for a Rob Liefeld signature to get an interview, like a quote. And my thing is, I don't, is he worth $20? And then also, he was charging $60 for New Mutants 87 and New Mutants 98. And I get if you're trying to turn a profit... I would charge you 60 bucks for that. If you're going to get CGC right afterwards, like 60 bucks. But if you're a fan and you bought this book back in 1989 and you've been a fan of Life, Life Field your whole entire life and then you got bought all this shit and dealt with all the crap of him being a crappy artist and then you got to pay 60 bucks to get the book signature, especially when it was a second print, I, was, I, I find that kind of annoying. So I know there's a middle ground on charging for signatures because the artist, artist needs to make money. I get that. I understand that. But 60 bucks? That's out of control. You know, I'll start my soapbox little thing with that because I feel like he he's a good enough artist to or a, a big enough name to charge amount. But also these should be guys who aren't getting paid what he gets paid to just show up at these events. I know his booking fee is not cheap. He does not come cheap at all, especially of how he was there and how he kind of had this this aura about him. I know he didn't come there cheap. So for him to charge that much, I'm like, there's low budget artists down here who really need the money and they're going to go to you and spend $60 where they can spend $60 on getting three comic book signs and a commission thing from an independent artist down there. That was my thing with that was you make too much money. You shouldn't be charging this much money at a convention. Well, that's the thing is it was Tampa Megacon. If it was San Diego Comic Con, I've talked to him for like hours and nobody's come up to his booth. Because there's he's he's a big fish in a small pond in Tampa Megacon, but then you put him in at San Diego Comic Con with three hundred thousand people and movie stars and Hollywood stars, and, and nobody even gives him the time of day. And he'll like I have it sitting on my wall right now. I'm looking up to it. Like I have an Obama comic that he signed for free for me, you know. And uh, so I, I get that if some people have it where if you buy something from him, you get the autograph for free. Get that? That's fair. Sixty bucks though, just for an autograph, out of control. 
Yeah, and it, it was really it was strange, and that was kind of my first interaction with him. And to think about it, he reminds me of Deadpool. <laughs> uh, he has a little bit of a Deadpool personality to him, so that's interesting. I think that I think he fits the character that he's best known for. Do you have a soapbox, my friend? I have a it's it's not even really a soapbox, but it's just trying to get people out there. I've been really into American Horror Story this season. It's gone into this crazy, very self-referential, like found footage aspect. I really think people should watch it. Go back. It's about to end one of the last two episodes. But if you can on FX, try to watch it from the beginning. This season has been great. It's American Horror Story, Roanoke. It's kind of a murder mystery, ghost story. It's really interesting. Please, people, go watch it. I really like it. And my little promo right here, Sing Street is on iTunes for 99 cents right now. And I watched it last night. It's a really good movie. It's one of the best movies of 2016. It's in, set in 1985, Ireland, and it deals with all like the futurist music of that era. And it's a really good, it's, it's like Irish glee. <laughs> That sounds actually beautiful. Like you were already saying like this, like this era of music coming out. And then you said Irish Glee and I'm like sold. Yeah, it's it's 99 cents on iTunes. Go watch it because, you know, we're in November and December. We're going to be doing best of 2016. And this is definitely a movie I'm going to talk about. So if you want to know what I'm talking about, go watch it on iTunes right now. And iTunes, if you want to give me some money, that's great for that free advertisement. But Doctor Strange is upon us. And EJ and I have two different opinions of it, kind of, sort of, even though by the end of it, he's going to say he liked it and it's one of his best MCU movies that he's ever seen. It is a, a movie I have seen from the MCU. That is my statement for it. No, uh, it is. I said it in my review. It's one of my favorite first films from any of their characters. I'll start out with some of my compliments for it before I get into just me being the not nice person really thought it was a great introduction of strange really cool there there's some other problems i had later on with strange but i thought i thought it was a good introduction for sure i enjoyed the film i looked at it and i think that we should kind of go through this at, at one point in time during the podcast i have it in my top five of mcu films just because it's the most original mcu film that i've ever seen because i'm gonna i'm actually going to say that the mcu is now a genre because they put they have their stamp on it and that's what they're doing so i now put mcu films in a, their own genre um and that's what they are and this was the most original of the mcu plus i'm a huge cosmic universe fan and so that bit with dormanu and they showed those two scenes the introduction scene and then the end scene that, guess what, guys? That's where the fucking Marvel zombies come from. And if we ever make it down that track, like, that's where you're going to get the Marvel zombies. And there was, like, a little glimpse of that universe. And that stuff always gets me jazzed up. And with Doctor Strange, I thought Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch is Robert Downey Jr. light. And no, he's like a, he's like a diet Robert Downey Jr. for sure in this. But is that them grooming him to take over later? No, but I don't think you'll ever have the charisma of Robert Downey Jr. So you're always going to get like a light version of him with Benedict Cumberbatch. 
the only person that I loved as an actor in this film is 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 Benedict Wong as Wong. Like he is, I love him and Marco Polo as Genghis Khan. Like he was one of the actors that I was super excited to see in this film. Everybody else, I was like, uh, I I got the generic performances that I was going to get from them. Well, he was by far my favorite supporting actor in this. I think he he played his role and what they gave him very well. I didn't really know him going into this, but I did know his character kind of had this really messed up backstory of like just in the comics, he's kind of been like the Asian servant to Doctor Strange. So I'm glad they made him a stronger character and gave him an arc because I think he had a better arc in this movie than any of their villains did. But for me, my favorite actress in this movie is Tilda Swinton. And I know you have your definitely negatives towards her in this movie, but she really played the role so great. She was stern and cold, but she was also kind of funny. And she played what I thought the ancient was going to play. You said stern and cold. I will agree with that. But as far as the ancient one and being this mystic legend, I was not getting that vibe from her. I thought that, you know, like you said, um, I, I kind of thought she was stiff. And I think everybody was kind of stiff as far as the acting went. And that could be the director's fault, not bringing out the best in everybody. But I just didn't get the vibe that she was the end-all, be-all, Sorcerer Supreme and from it um i see and i got the complete opposite i thought she came off so ethereal and so commanding and but also kind of this down-to-earth version very like she reminded even me of morpheus from the matrix she she felt like that she was kind of cocky like you're dumb i don't want to deal with you but also i know you're kind of a chosen one and as you say it you don't think she's gonna you know you don't take her as this all-end sorcerer supreme and guess what she kind of doesn't She's not the Sorcerer Supreme. So I think that kind of fit her arc that she didn't come off as strong yeah, but because the opening, she wasn't. But the opening era, the opening scene where they kind of meet and there's kind of this conversation, she comes off as the Ancient One in the beginning because, you know, Doctor Strange is like all cocky and questioning and blah, 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 and she puts him in the place, puts him in his place, and then that just kind of stops after that. I think she starts learning that he's learning, and I think that goes with the uh, the dynamic that as he's growing and getting more comfortable with her, Chiwetel's character is starting to get further away from her. So she's starting to connect to Doctor Strange more, where she got a little colder to Chiwetel's Mordor character. I thought that was interesting. Um, I, 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 I don't know why like people aren't really vibing on her, because I really thought she was the ancient one to me. I know she there's all this controversy with her casting, but... I think she did well with what she was given, and I don't know. I got to see Tilda Swinton play a bald Celtic woman. That's kind of all I wanted in a film. But she wasn't really Celtic. No, they didn't harp on that, and I think that's a fault within the script as well because there was way more backstory that we could have gave her, and she was a really full character that I I was already getting what they were – I felt this from her, but I wanted it explained. But that's a major flaw I had with this movie is I wanted more things explained. I, I don't want you to put major rules on your magic, but I kind of want to know what happens with your magic. And that didn't happen in this movie. I think we went through a two movies of Harry Potter where we're learning how this goes and how their magic works before we're thrusted into it. And this one is just like, well, here it goes. And I'm like, but what does this do? But what does this do? But what does that do? So that was kind of confusing for me with that. So that goes what I said. Like, I just needed more things explained. 
And see, I thought this is where they learned from Thor, where the Asgardians had magic, but they used their magic was explained as a higher level of technology, and I that just pissed me off. I thought uh, Doctor Strange handled magic ten times better than the Marvel Universe has used and ever before. That's I was like, oh, okay, I kind of get it, multiverse, pulling in some power, and that's where they kind of get their constructs from. But then I was also like, this is kind of like Green Lantern's power. <laughs> it did get really Green Lantern for a while, but I also think with like the Thor comment, if you start off at zero with what Thor did for what their magic was, it, we're, we're going to go up no matter what. Doctor Strange could have had like one wand of poof of magic and we would have been like, oh, that's better than we got in Thor. So yeah, I think our, our expectations for magic in this universe were so low because Thor really did ruin their Greek mythology, crazy magical universe by just making it science-based. And I, I think it's interesting that Marvel's kind of threw that out, that whole realism out, and they're starting to get more cartoony. And that's interesting because maybe that'll make me like them a little bit more if we start realizing how over the top we are you said greek mythology it's north north oh, north sorry norse mythology but yeah whatever. i didn't want the, I, didn't, I didn't want the whoa 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 i didn't want the nerds to attack you i was just trying to help you out a little bit yeah i always forget I, I always have to think of odin and i know he's like that norse god so i'm like let me remember but yeah i always go greek or roman i first, can't cause... wait till they introduce hercules in the marvel marvel universe because he's just like a drunk guy who wants to fight like he's one of my favorite like sidebar mcu characters and and i really hope they introduce him one of these days he would definitely go great with what they've done with this thor as well with that like drunk fighting i think that would be interesting but for me doctor strange was a comic book like this felt like a comic book and i watched the comic book and a superhero comic book i don't you know i know that they're the comic book industry is now a set different whole bunch of different genres it's just not one type now but like I enjoyed this because I like looked at it. I was like, comic book, origin, hurts his hands, gets powers, bad guy, cosmic universe, crazy ending that I actually thought was original compared to all the other stuff that's going on and kind of thought out well. Which ending? Because I felt this movie had two endings and we're going to get into spoiler territory. If you're listening to a Doctor Strange podcast, you should know. We're going to have to talk about it. So, yeah, which ending? Because I felt like they had that big reverse fight scene, and then they had the Dormammu-like like finale. So which one were you talking about? I was talking about the the Dormammu. And I hated that so much. That honestly angered me of what they did with that ending. I know you say it's original, and I think it was the laziest cop-out of a ending. I think when you start getting into this ends up with the con, con, bringing me back to contact and not ever being able to see the fucking aliens in contact. Contact is a flawless movie. I would not handle this Jodie Foster behavior right now. <laughs> but when you start getting into this epic territory of cosmic characters that are reality altering and can do all that, you know, crush worlds, crush universes at a time. Like it, it's more of a concept than it actually is an action scene. Yeah, but it felt like Groundhog's Day. And I think what really pissed me off was is Dormammu's this massive being who will never die and he can do this forever. How long was Doctor Strange annoying him for that he just gave up? I think that's what upset me. I was like, Dormammu could do this forever and ever and he will not care. So Why if, is he getting so if pissed? They, so if they did it for like a century... We, if that if that would have been explained to me as it was a century of them doing it, 
I would have been like, damn, okay, I get it. You, But it, it just really felt like it a day at the longest that he was doing this. Because I know time worked differently where he was to what it was in the fight scene. So I think that's what really upset me. I was like, this is a being who will never die. How is he getting pissed by a constant loop? How does he not know a way around this? Like, it felt to me the end of Guardians of the Galaxy where he's dancing off. And I'm like, this is this is how we're going to end this movie with a dance off. Like, it, it was so upsetting to me. But it wasn't a dance off. It was a distraction. He's like, why are you dancing? To distract you. Well, we create this big bomb in the background and Rocket Raccoon blows your ass up. It, it just goes with it wants to play for a joke for instead of serious tension. And I think that's what really upsets me. Where the fight scene right before where it's this reverse fight scene and it's awesome. That would have been so, so cool. But this went that Green Lantern, Parallax, Fantastic Four, ridiculous, like, let's just have a big, huge being that's coming over and attacking us. It's a stupid trope we've been doing. It's, called and that the, was it's not a trope. It's called the cosmic universe. Yes, but that didn't it didn't have a place in here. And it, it really felt like an added on extra thing to add more to this movie, which did not need to be as long as it was and had way too much extra subplots and things that did not matter like Rachel McAdams character just write her out she didn't need to be in there Dormammu's character write him out he didn't need to be in there focus these movies more Marvel I would actually like them give me a focused concise piece instead of just doing what they do I mean this was kind of like the plot of like Ghostbusters where like a few minions go and try to get the big monster to come over to this universe I mean like I mean we've seen this plot before but for me it was a comic book it was a Doctor Strange comic book that I would have read and I would have enjoyed and I would have been like, okay, and that's the way it works. His characters come in and out. Like, they talk about Rachel McAdams not being a strong female lead and what's going on here and there. I mean, like, she was the only dude, only dude, the only person that cared about Doctor Strange and he was an asshole to her. And, you know, you, I felt like there was, and then he went back and was like, listen, I was an asshole. And then, you know, they kind of, she was like, fuck you, I'm done with you, you know? I mean, and so I felt like, and they talk about how she's not a strong female. She did. She didn't go whining back to Doctor Strange and be like, oh, I love you, blah, blah, And they, they go gallivant off into, uh, whatchamacallit. It, to me, it felt just like um, nerds and assholes need to be reminded that women are into them. So we keep putting these characters in there to have this, Stupid love interest. She's Jane Foster and Thor. She's Pepper Potts. She's an unnecessary character in these films. And if they would have gave her a stronger arc, yeah, I didn't like that she instantly went back with him. But she, she really didn't did. instantly go back with him. He had a no. hole in his chest, and she's like, "Yeah, I got to do my job as a doctor." Yeah, but that was still such a little way of getting them to reconnect. I, I just, I just felt it was so tired and just so useless in this movie, and it really took away with we could have focused more on giving Chiwetel Ejiofor's character more heart and more depth. So when we give this kind of twist at the end, I actually believed it and cared because by the end, I'm like, you didn't use him this whole movie. Same thing with Mad Michaelson's villain. If we would have taken away from Rachel McAdams' story, given it to two of those those two guys, we would have gave our villain and a secondary character slash future villain an actual arc and story to care about. But nope, we did Rachel McAdams and Dormammu because that's just what we do in Marvel. Oh, that's just what we do in Marvel? I think that's, that's bullshit. That's, that's, that's not true. That's not true. I mean, I agree with you that Baron Mordo, he needed, you know, f for this movie to be like, an epic film 
to be, you know, I, I want to say Oscar worthy. Like if you saw what happened to, to <laughs> no, but you I said, mean, like you said, in, you said Marvel and Oscar in the same sentence. And I just had to chuckle. Uh, you know, it, I mean, I, so you just, you just opened that one up. For oh me no, no, no. I mean, it's not opening up because you like horror films. You like Zack Snyder. Like if you ever say Oscar at that point in time, I'll be like, I'm not I mean, gonna, Silence I'm not, of the Lambs has an Oscar. That's a horror film. Uh, if not Zack Snyder, but Christopher Nolan got his Batman movie nominated. I haven't seen Marvel there yet. Okay. Oh, okay. Number one, Christopher Nolan's Batman is not in the DC extended I know, still, universe. It's still, we're going to talk about all of the genres then. At least we've had one Oscar nominated superhero movie and it's been a DC one. <sighs> okay. If we're going to go with your loose logic. The Incredibles is fucking amazing, and that is part of Disney, which is part of Marvel, which is part of the MCU. So The Incredibles is fucking better than your bullshit. I will say The Incredibles is a way better movie than any any other superhero movie. You got me there. You win that argument. But no, what I was trying to say is any film, if we're trying to establish like the bar, and the bar is Oscars, you know, that's where the bar is. Because I've always shredded the first Avengers film because it had points in the film where it could have taken it to the epic film that it could have been like a Braveheart or something like that. And, and, and so what I was going to say is with Bar- Baron Mordo, if you saw his family die, if you saw how he got to where he was, how he was destroyed, if they came up together, if Dr. Strange and Mordo came up together and you saw their story arcs um, then diverge at that point in time when they did, then you're like, okay. that's Again, I'm huge on rewriting films and making them better. But this is a comic book movie, and, and what I want to do is I want to enjoy it. The same thing goes with the DC Extended Universe. I want to enjoy those movies because I'm a fan, and I'm a fan of the MCU. And, and I hate to say it, guys, I'm a fan of both. And I know we're, we're in this very divisive time where you can either like one or the other. You know, I, I, I want the DC Extended Universe to, to be better because I want to enjoy them. You know, there are some flaws with, with the MCU movies, but they're trying to make money so that they can make more of them. And so you have to compromise certain things here and there. Like, I'm not going to see... Um, you know, death and despair and R-ratedness, you know, but then 20th Century Fox needs to make money, so they've moved in a different direction with their R-rated movies. So it's it's in their best interest as a business to what they're doing, and I get it. I understand what they're doing. And and for me, I want to enjoy the films. And and so that's why I kind of go in like, is that would that be a comic book that I've read? Yes, that would be a comic book. Would that be a good comic book? And I'm like, yes, if I was like, if I watched the Doctor Strange take on uh, Dormammu in the pages and it went by and he was killed all these different ways in the comic book, each one of those panels, I would stare and be like, oh, shit, he's dead again. Oh, shit, he's dead again. Like if it was because he died, what, 12 times maybe or maybe 20 times. If, if that was 20 panels in a comic book, that would seem like a very long time in the comic book because that would have been three or four pages of him getting killed. And then just and and I know that things move quickly in the in the com in the in the film, but that's kind of how they jump around in comic books. So as a comic book movie, I enjoyed it. 
And you, to go back to something you said earlier, to nail on the head, that is a problem I have with Marvel is because they could be way better. They, I, I said it in my review. They had glimmers of a great piece here. I really thought they, like, they, they had that thing with Baron Mordor. They could have sent that further. That, and that's what I think pisses me off the most about them is because I see them and I just know that you said they, they're there to make money so they can make the next one to make money to make the next one to make money. I get business. I'm an art-minded person before a business-minded person, so I'm always going to be angry that they're going to sacrifice making a a different piece and something a little bit more meaty to make something that makes money. I get it. They're, it's Disney slash Marvel. Make your change. I just want them to make better movies. And while you said – and I will agree. I think this is a great comic book movie and probably one of the more interesting ones I've ever seen. I just didn't like it because it still feels like the same – mcdonald's kind of movie it's just like oh, here's but they were this. all written by the same exact person and group so i mean like you're gonna like we talked about you know you're gonna get the guy with the goatee he's gonna injure himself he's gonna feel sorry for himself he's gonna get powers he's gonna try to dream himself you know i mean it's the same thing with with spider-man like rattle off every hero in their origin they're pretty much the same exact origin like iron fist has the same exact origin like i mean like it's just uh, well, that's, that goes back to lazy original comic book writing, and I feel like film should adapt it better and to not go to another brand. But that's what I've liked with the DC movies is Zack Snyder, the newer ones. He's taken all these old stories and just made his own shit and was just like, I'm doing whatever I want to do because I like that he took comic books and said, cool, that's what they did. I'm going to do it differently. Marvel's done it <laughs> as well. They've done something differently. But I just not like what they've done with their comic books. And you're calling and you're calling the thing that I love boring shit, and that really bothers me a lot. <laughs> I, I know it, it, that's why I've never been a comic book reader fan. I've been a comic book movie fan. I think my first experience with comic books was Batman 1989, and that's what got me into wanting to read these comics. So I started as a film fan before a reader fan. So that's one thing I've always noticed with the genre, especially Marvel films. I think a lot, or Marvel comics. I think a lot of their characters are very similar and it just kind of went with Stan Lee was doing and hey he banked on it and it's made his claim so it's awesome but I've just never really liked it but I always have to do another asterisk because I don't hate all Marvel stuff I love all of the Fox movies I've loved what the 90s Blade and uh some of the other ones they did even Howard the Duck so I don't hate all Marvel movies it's just these MCU Disney produced ones especially after Disney because Iron Man 1's not bad but once Disney got involved after like Iron Man two and later, that's where uh, I started hating. And why do you gotta use the word hate? That bothers me. But I also, I want to say, and I don't want to. I mean, it's my birthday. I don't want to get mad. I don't want to be a fucking curmudgeon. But there was a time when we had nothing, and I don't think you appreciate the fact that we're getting all these films right now. Like there could be, you know, like they're gonna go back in the vault, and there's gonna go back to another time where it's like. There's not going to be any superhero films for like 20 years or 30 years or whatever. But like this is like the golden age of superhero cinema. And it, we're, we're never going to see another time like this. Oh, absolutely. And I feel I feel you because I'm losing my American horror films being the good place to watch horror movies. I've lost that probably since after the 80s and the 70s having great eras of stuff. And now looking what I have now and I'm like – 
this is shit. So I've gone to four foreign films. So I definitely understand that like you're very happy to have this golden age. And I don't want to be the asshole that's like, oh, I don't want any movies. Because look, that's my thing is these are still well-produced movies. They're they have good acting. They do what they need to do. And I'm glad Marvel's making movies. I just don't like them. I don't ever want them to not make money, but I I don't want to like them. I, I just I can't. And so that's my difference. Well, that's, that's what I see, you said, see that right there bothers me because you said I can't. I can't like them. And I'm I, just like you walk into a film like that. That just it just bothers me. It just bothers I, me so much. I can't like them until they change. And I and I know that's kind of not fair for me to want a brand to change. But for them to make a movie that I'm going to fully love, I need it to change. Like I I'm not even looking them. for you to fully love the film. I'm looking no, for I, you to just kind of walk in. And we're going to continue this stupid conversation. I really hate it so much. But, like, I mean, earlier in the week, you're like, oh, MCU movie. And then it's like, then you're like, oh, it's an MCU movie. And, like, I'm a negative curmudgeon, and I know that my negativity affects everything, it, whether it's a screening or a movie or whatever. It's So it's, again, like, I'm not happy with the DC movies that are being made right now. But I'm going to support him. Like I went and saw Electra. I gave my money. I donated my money to Electra because I knew that if I give money there, I don't even. I even saw Catwoman in the theater. Like I saw all these movies in the theater because I want them to make more. Not saying that they're good, and but I'm saying that like I went in with an open mind to Catwoman. I was like, maybe there'll be something that'll surprise me in a good way, and you know, it, it is from there. But like. As if you're either a fan of the genre or you're not a fan. It's it's almost like if I went into every horror film and was like, oh, fucking horror movies, blah, if blah, If you actually went into horror films, you just don't watch them. Because I, I, I get scared. I get scared. I understand that. No, I will go into all of these. Look, I paid to see Batman v Superman multiple times after. I love the genre. I love superhero movies. I just need them to be done in a way I can do it. You know how many times I've seen Watchmen? I think that is a flawless, perfect example of what comic book movies should be. And that's why I won't support the Marvel brand because I don't want to give them money. You just until... contradicted yourself. Why? Because you like Batman versus Superman in the Zack Snyder universe because he does things differently. The Watchmen yeah. is verbatim the comic book. Well, I think that's – well, no, I don't think it's verbatim. He completely changed the whole ending of that film. He took a lot of heart out of the characters. No, I think Zack Snyder uh, – trust me, look at Alan Moore's opinion on that film. He hates it, though he hates everything because he's an old grumpy wizard. But, uh, yeah. So but I don't, for I me, the best part of The Watchmen was the opening scene where – Which is shot for shot, basically. No, no. The opening scene is where he goes and does his own thing. I think it's like a Bob Dylan tune playing. And oh, with the opening credits? The opening credits is just brilliant. And then it goes shot for shot after that. And it's not just the movie itself. It's the tone. It's the it's the maturity level. It's what the topics we're dealing with. I just have never got any of that from a Marvel movie. I will always say Winter Soldier is the closest one. Winter Soldier I will give an 8 out of 10 for because I really enjoyed that piece. It felt like the Manchurian candidate told through superheroes. That's all I needed. That's all I wanted. Where you get into Doctor Strange and you have all these mystics and you have these tales of arrogance and it just it's it's fluffy and it's fun and Mad Michelson's making jokes and Doctor Strange is making jokes about Wi-Fi. It's just 
it's weird. It just doesn't connect with me. And I and I, I want, don't understand why the Wi-Fi joke stayed in the movie. Uh, I don't know why the Wi-Fi joke stayed in the Beyonce joke. Um, there's a lot of like really weird jokes. The only one I re- I laughed out loud when um, Tilda Swinton pushes him through like the astro plane, and she's like, "Here, seen that in a gift shop before?" I was just like, "That's sarcasm. That's what we should do a little bit more of." I don't want to. I think the problem is, is like the jokes take away from some of the cool scenes that they're doing. The first time the two villains, you know, the villain and the good guy meet, they have a name confusion joke. And I'm like, Mad Michelson's like possessed by the devil, like this crazy entity, and you're just giving me like jokes? I just didn't get it. And that goes with Marvel, one, upsetting villains. They do not know how to handle villains. And I'm a villain guy. So I think that's where I've kind of I know. I, I know you're a villain guy. Like, But... But I vilify to, you every day. Well, yeah, but to good to make a better hero, we need a great villain. Look what we've done with Magneto in the X-Men movies. Look what we've done with the Joker in any incarnation of the Joker. Hell, I'll take Mr. Freeze over Ant-Man's yellow jacket, Ronin, uh, Whiplash. God, there's shitty villains in these movies. And I think we want our hero's journey to be so good we weaken our villains, and I think that's another thing, like you said, that can make these movies Oscar-worthy is by giving you a better villain. Because that's what made The Dark Knight so good, is we had this great superhero against this evil being. That's a classic story. We don't get these in Marvel movies. Loki was a great example of it, though, and that's one of the few things I liked about Avengers. Is I'm like, holy shit, Loki's like – he's keeping up with them. They're not lessening him to put over their good guys, and that's what I need way more of. Because these movies have potential to be amazing films, but they just keep being summer blockbuster movies. Right. And I mean, that's, I think that's kind of what, I mean, there's only a few like great comic books, you know, there's, and where they differentiate themselves from the comic book world. And I mean, I enjoy reading, but it's like, what do you, what do you go to the cinema to do? Like what, you know, I mean, like, okay, do I, it's, I know you want to go through the emotional gambit, this and that, but I mean, like, do I want to be crying during Doctor Strange? I mean, is that what I want to be doing? Or do I want to just be like, enjoy it, just go on a ride? Like, it's, it's, those are, those are two different levels. Yeah. And I think that's what's hard is because I go into these wanting to, I want to go out and being like shook and, feeling a, some 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 type of way about these and yeah they're cool popcorn movies and they're very entertaining they're great fun from start to end but i i don't take away anything from it and that's what i've liked about the horror films i like is i take away i've seen this movie martyrs that i thought about it for three days i'm like wow life has no meaning you know i i want something to make me walk away thinking about it and I rarely get that from these movies. And that's just me as a film fan. So that's why I never want to put down these movies as a they're a piece of shit and no one should ever watch them. No, I just don't really enjoy them because it's not my personal taste. So we talked about it a little bit before. We all go into a baggage with it. I'm just being open about my baggage. You are too. You're saying I want great comic book movies because I look at comic books. Do I think that's fair that you're judging comic book movies? Because I think you're biased and you're going to love them. So it's interesting that we all have bias. No, I see. It's I, I, we all have. We're all being biased to it. But I like what I do is I transition it from a comic book to big screen. Like, okay, was this a comic book? Yes, it was. Like this, this was a comic book. This, this was a complete comic book. 
to where like I thought, and and I hate to go back to DC because I don't want to be DC versus Marvel, but like Suicide Squad felt very erratic to me. Like it, it felt like I went from issue one to issue three to issue two to issue four to issue you know back to two, then the six, and then we're done. Like I I felt like it was kind of all over the place. But th- Doctor Strange was a very fluid film, and I, you know, I guess with my bias, I, I can kind of parlay where there's leaps in time where it, they, they didn't explain time very well in this film. So Doctor Strange becomes powerful very quickly. And I know that, I know that Dewey mentioned this is like Iron Man, like he went through all those different suits and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, but that was still only like five minutes where he went from like, he went from beta suit to the suit he was fighting the villain at the end. So it's, I guess it's something you can fix because it literally was only five minutes in the film where he was going from point A to point B with his master plan of suits. And so maybe that was where they could have improved it a little bit more with the concept of time. You know, how long was he in there? You know, like, cause if it was, again, and this is how you could have made the movie like amazing. Like if he was fighting uh, Dormanu for a century and then he comes back with a century full of scars. Mm-hmm. He's a completely changed character. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I actually really like how you were explaining how you go into these and seeing how the pacing and how the story is told, how it would tra- translate to a comic book. I've never looked at it like that. And I actually really agree with your Suicide Squad analogy that it did feel like I went from issue one to issue 50 in a 30 minute move, you know, a 30 minute yeah. time span where this one actually did feel like it had a natural progression. I, I, I'm going to put that into my brain going into these comic book movies. Cause I actually really like that, that way of thinking about it. Cause I don't, I don't really have that comic book background with it. So it's interesting to see how would this be paced on a smaller scale as opposed to, I look at it as how are we going to tell this in a bigger version than before? How are we going to make this larger? I think we talked about it with walking dead is you couldn't just do one kill. That's what they did in the comic book. So if you do two kills, we amp it up for movies. So I think that's interesting that like we have this kind of reverse look on it. And I really like your, uh, your point of view on that. Cause I, I noticed that even with Batman v Superman, something I really enjoy, that jumped around kind of really quickly of how we progress the story. Where like a movie like Doctor Strange, it felt more natural. Well, it comes from where people talk about like, oh, they killed my childhood when they made Transformers. And I'm like, I love the Transformers cartoon, but it isn't like cinema, you know, gold royalty. It's a it's a cartoon. It's a Hanna Barbera. It's a, not a Hanna Barbera, but it's a it's a cartoon, and there are some really good episodes of Transformers, but there's nothing that was just, like, mind-blowing. Uh, you know, the, the cartoon movie was probably the best where it came to, like, they just killed everybody off, and everybody was just stunned. So when you trans- transfer that to, like, Transformers the movie, like, they're, they're bad movies, but they're not that far removed from the cartoon. Yeah, absolutely. It, you, you're adapting a campy comic, you know, campy cartoon to a campier, bigger, crazier movie. Yeah, I, I like. I, I definitely think that happens, and I, I think that's how it should be. One, we talked about this, especially with during Ghostbusters time. No movie, no TV show should ruin your childhood, quote unquote. I'm sorry, you, I have passions for this. I'm going to be upset when they remake Buffy, but 
it's not going to ruin what I spent loving Buffy with. So that's that's a, a, a fan mentality I really hope disappears soon because I don't think it's fair for products to ruin childhood. It's not like Michael Bay went back to your sixth birthday and shit on it. <laughs> but going back to Doctor Strange, I really like because Doctor Strange for me seems like a 70s, late 60s psychedelic character. And they showed that really well in the film. Like I thought all the colors were done really well. It had it, it was subtle without going over the top. Which I, I was kind of worried about that. I, I do think it got excessive with some of like the, the mind bending crazy stuff until we started seeing the alternate dimensions. And I think that's when we changed it up. But yeah, I definitely think they, they did it well. And you said the color palette is so 70s. It's kind of, it makes, as soon as you see some of the colors, you're like, oh, that little kaleidoscope effect. It's really groovy. It, it has a 70s feel with still being set in, I think, probably like 2016, 2017. Right. So they did well with that. And then um, it's definitely something you need to see in the IMAX theater. Like we I saw was, it on a smaller screen. I was kind of disappointed. If it was on a bigger screen, I feel like I really would have enjoyed it more. The 3D does go very well. I usually don't want to support 3D for every movie because I don't think every movie needs to be in 3D sometimes. But visuals like this, IMAX 3D would be flawless. It was funny. The people behind us, like they were like, damn, man, it took me like 10 minutes for my eyes to adjust to what the fuck was going on in that film, like with the 3D glasses. Yeah, it, it was weird. And, you know, so I, I don't want to say I get dizzy sometimes during this, but there was one moment where like the he was falling and then the screen started crushing. And I'm like, whew, that, that was the only hard visual moment that I felt like a little motion sickness. So I was surprised they didn't get too Blair Witchy vertigo inducing with us. They did well with that. But they and they and they also and this is a major thing, they introduced the multiverse flawlessly, and then that opens up a huge can of worms in a good way of possibilities of universes and people coming in and like Miles Morales from the ultimate 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 universe. So you could have an African American Spider Man show up. In this universe, you could have crazy, cool amalgamations of the Marvel universe now with what Doctor Strange presented, and it's very simple to do. I, yeah, I was very happy because it reminds me of what DC TV did, where they kind of opened themselves up really organically and nicely to doing the the different worlds and like Earth, tw you know, twenty two or Earth fifty two. I thought that was really interesting, and I think this did that well as is like here's the way of even simply bringing the Guardians of the Galaxy into the movie quicker. You know, it, I was always like, how are we going to bring these guys into the MCU more organically? And this multiverse thing they set up here really did do that well. What's your final rating on this, sir? Uh, uh, it's a it's a 6 out of 10, 7 out of 10. It's not horrible. Like I always say, these aren't horribly produced movies. Just didn't like it. Still has the issues, but it's Probably my favorite first solo outing from any Marvel character yet. Better than Iron Man? I, I think better than Iron Man. I think just because of the mystic arts element, more as opposed to the like the war political thing what Iron Man had, I kind of like this one a little bit more. Because that Iron Man is like my number one MCU film. So you're saying that Doctor Strange is better than my number one MCU film? Yes, because you don't like my number one MCU film that much. Well, you don't think it's like... What is your number one MCU film? Winter Soldier, without a doubt, 100%. That's number the best three. One. It's number three on my list. 
I, so yeah, I, I did I okay. Think... So I have Iron Man one, I have Guardians two, um, and I have Winter Soldier three, and then I have I have the actual Captain America film, and then I have Doctor Strange five. I definitely think Doctor Strange came up for me. Like I I know I went into this with a closed mind, but I went into it knowing that there was going to be elements I liked: Tilda Swinton, Benedict Cumberbatch, the Mystics. So the things I was happy for. I was very glad it was done well because it was really cool in that aspect, but it still unfortunately has its flaws that I, I want them to change just, just to make me love a movie. But yeah. So I think it's interesting that I did place this higher than your number one movie. Yeah. That's, that's, that's definitely interesting. And we, we, you know, we, we always have to give a shout out to uh, Chad as our super fan because I, I, I'm looking forward to see what his review is for this week. Yeah, I, I love that he comments on it, and I, hopefully he comments on it after he sees the movie so he can kind of touch on some of the points with us. So awesome. Well, since you just said that, he'll probably listen to it, watch the <laughs> film, then come back, and then comment again, because that's how cool Chad is. And if you want to be the super fan of the week, all you have to do is comment on our podcast. It's really simple. Very easy. EJ, I think uh, next week we get back on the Walking Dead train. Yeah, Walking Dead Train, you know, we'll talk about the interesting episode they had this week and now what the, it looks like a Daryl episode next week. Yeah, can't wait for Walking Dead again. Hi, right, man. You have a good weekend. Thank you and a uh, happy birthday to you. Ah, uh, thank you, my friend. Hey, Matt, we survived another episode. Oh, no! Once again, there are several ways to continue the conversation after the show. Follow us on Twitter at monkeys underscore robots. You can look at all our silly photos on Instagram at monkeys fighting robots. You can follow me on Twitter at Matthew Sardo. My co-host EJ is also on Twitter at EJ Christ with a K. The biggest compliment we receive is when the subscriber number goes up on SoundCloud. If you have a chance, we will greatly appreciate a review of our show on iTunes. All you Android users out there, listen to the show on Stitcher or Google Play. Yeah, Google Play. That's a thing now. Additionally... There's this great app called TuneIn. Listen to every radio station in the world, plus the Monkey's Fighter Robots podcast. Okay, Lunchbox, let's try this again. There are so many people that made the 98th episode of Monkey's Fighter Robots a success. Special shout out to my co host, DJ Marino, for putting up with me. Uh, DC. Jeff Shea is great of our amazing intros and outros. Jessica Wynn designed the Monkey's Fighting Robots logo. Are you a monkey or are you a robot? The staff of Visual Realm built our website and keeps us up running. To all my friends, family, and the interweb, thank you very much for your support. I'm Matt Sardo, and this is Monkey's Fighting Robots. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn, compare it to your neighbor's lawn, and complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance, which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. With 25% off all new and up to 70% off previously leased furnishings, do you really need a better reason to party? We don't think so. Come visit our new Court Furniture Clearance Center with more than 9,000 square feet of new and previously leased furniture and decor for your home and office. Sofas from $199.99, bedroom sets from $399.99, dining sets from $299.99, and more. Free food, prizes, and fun all weekend long at our Chantilly Court Furniture Clearance Center at 13946 Lee Jackson Memorial Highway or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com.